2: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today on Barca Talk, the Champions League continues with FC Barcelona versus Slavia Prague in Sonobo Stadium this Wednesday. We have the scouting report on Slavia in the youth sector of the club. Victor Valdez has been sacked from managing the Barca under 19 squad. Hey, this is Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson. We're preparing for a weekend that was supposed to be a Clasico weekend, usually a big deal. But instead, we're gearing up for an empty weekend, one without a Clasico. And I suppose that'll give us a taste of what La Liga would be like without its two biggest clubs. Uh, No doubt the TV ratings will take a hit. And the closest thing to a marquee match this weekend in La Liga might be the Atletico Madrid-Athletic Bilbao game that could get Atleti over Granada and Real Sociedad in the table. But the Granada-Real Betis and Sociedad-Celta Vigo games will certainly be worth watching, if for no other reason than to see what these two sides are doing so well to keep them in the top five of La Liga. But, you know, to put things in perspective, in a report from the Associated Press on Monday, the casualties of the recent protests in Barcelona and around uh, numbered 593 injured and 194 arrested. Catalonia's current leader... Kim Torra has publicly called for talks between Madrid and Catalan separatists. Uh, He insists that the protests won't stop until the Spanish government agrees to listen to the separatists' demands. So there are certainly bigger things than football in the world. And most of the time, we can choose to ignore them or to at least take a break from them with the escape of sports. Uh, This time, it just came too close to ignore. So no Classico for the time being. But we do have football to talk about. And that's exactly what we're going to do. The Champions League picks back up this week. Real Madrid had a victory against Galatasaray in Turk Telecom Arena. Madrid were at the bottom of the Group A table going into the match. And group leaders PSG won 5-0 to Bruges, leaving Real Madrid now in second place in the group. But, of course, what we're most interested in is Barcelona. They're going up against Slavia Prague in Sonobo Stadium, while Borussia Dortmund and Inter Milan battle it out in the San Siro. The main event of our show today is the scouting report on Slavia. Uh, But first, we're going to check in on the circumstances surrounding the recent firing of Victor Valdez from the manager's position of the uh, under-19 squad at Barcelona. And if you're new to following the club, Valdez was the number one goalkeeper for several seasons. He won six La Liga trophies, three Champions Leagues, two Spanish Cups with Barcelona, among others. He left the club in 2014, and when he returned this year to manage the under-19s, I had hoped that he was going to prove to be a, a critical link in a new chain from La Masia to the first team. And uh, that that chain might still emerge, but not with Valdez on the sideline. He got let go uh, just this last week. Now, here with a full report on it, is Max Bluer.
1: There's been quite a bit of commotion behind the scenes since we last looked in Ambarzabe. Victor Valdez, who was appointed coach of the Juveniles, or under-19s, was relieved of his post earlier this month after having an enormous fight with Patrick Kluivert, his boss as director of La Masia. Numerous reports alleged that the two had almost come to blows, as tensions that had been simmering almost ever since Valdez was appointed in the summer, boiled over. There have been numerous issues between the two former teammates. Cliver had been pressuring Valdez to play Barca's classic 4-3-3, rather than the 4-4-2 that the former goalkeeper had been using in recent weeks. Pressure to which Valdez responded, No me toques las pelotas, Patrick, que te doy. Mis equipos las hago yo. Or, don't break my balls on this, Patrick, or I'll hit you. I'm the one who picks my teams. Strong stuff, particularly when it's your boss that you're threatening with physical violence. But the formation that Valdez's teams played was far from the only issue that divided him and Cliver. Elias Moriba, the juvenile's star midfielder, for whom the club had splashed out a pretty penny on a new contract in the summer, had started on the bench in recent games, including in the UEFA Youth League. Then there were Valdez's complaints about not being able to play or train in the Estadio Johan Cruyff, or about having to give press conferences standing up or scheduling training sessions in such a way that his juveniles couldn't be called up to train or play with Valsabé. If this all sounds just incredibly silly and petty, then, well, that's because it is. But Valdez has behaved unquestionably badly, and failed to get on board with the ethos of how things are done at La Masia. Equally, Cliver and the rest of the directors of the academy should have known what Valdez was like before they hired him. It was hardly a secret that he is a man who likes to do things his own way. Moreover, it also seems that President Bartomeu had been ignoring Valdez pretty much ever since he hired him. Refusing to answer Valdez's texts, or picking up the phone to who, let's not forget, is a club legend. All of this is just a huge shame. Valdez has proven himself a good coach of young players, most notably when he led the juveniles of the unfashionable Morata Laf to the Madrid Regional Championship, ahead of Real Madrid and Atleti. This year, he's supposed to be managing players like Conrad de la Fuente or Elash Moriba, who are likely to enjoy minutes with Barca Bay both this season and next. Incidentally, Moriba, according to reports, went off crying to Patrick Cliver over the fact that he wasn't an automatic starter for Valdez, yet another t- source of tension between the three men. So Valdez has several low professional ties with Barca. He's very unlikely to be invited back into the fold, at least while Bartomeo and Cliver are still around, and he joined Javier and Carlos Puyol in being unable, or refusing, to work within the current setup of Barca. Leaving open the question as to why so many of Barca's greatest ever generation refuse to return to the club once our playing days are over. On the pitch, Barca Bay have picked up four points since we last spoke, following up a 4-1 loss at Hercules, with a 3-0 hammering of Orihuela at the Johan Cruyff, and a 1-1 draw this Saturday against Jagostera. Ricky Ricky was protagonist in all three games, scoring Barca's only goal against Hercules, and being the victim of some brutal assaults in the team's two most recent games, it seems that opponents have cottoned on to the fact that Ricky is Barca Bay's biggest threat, and some have decided that injuring him is the best, or even only, way to stop him. And Jagoster has succeeded in their task, a vicious tackle from behind in injury time, seeing Ricky carried off on a stretcher. Fingers crossed, his injury isn't serious. So despite just one win in the last three, Barca remained firmly in the hunt for promotion, one of a clutch of teams hovering around the playoff places. Happily, Barca next two games are both at home, against Sabadell next Sunday, before they receive Giardappique's lead leaders Andorra the week after at the Johan Cruyff. For Barca talk, I'm Max Bleuer.
2: Next up, the Champions League scouting report on Slavia Prague. So to get into this Slavia scouting report, uh, Gabriel and I recorded this prior to the squad being announced, the Barca squad being announced. And we were maybe a little too excited to see Umtiti play against Ibar over the weekend. It was the first minutes he'd seen all year. Uh, so we were thinking his injuries were in the past. But as it turns out, Umtiti has been left off the squad, along with Sergi Roberto, both on account of injuries, according to the club. Sergi's halftime departure from the Ibar match with a knee problem last weekend all but predicted that. But with Umtiti, like I said, I guess we were uh, we were overly optimistic. Meanwhile, the two young Carlises, Perez and Elena, have also been left off the squad at the decision of Ernesto Valverde. This week... There's been talk of Tottenham preparing to make a bid for Alenia in the January transfer window. And as of this moment, you have to admit he'd be better off, having played only 45 minutes on match day one so far for Barcelona. You know, most matches he hasn't even been on the bench, let alone on the field. So I don't want to see him go. I want to see him play for Barcelona just a little bit. But anyway, those are are the updates to the uh, slightly dated aspects of this following scouting report. For Barcelona, this is the third match day of the group stage at Sinobo Stadium in Prague. So, Gabriel, what are you thinking about this match?
0: As we just saw in the Ibar match, the away, we had a really great performance for the first time in eight months. And I'm curious to see how we do in this match because, you know, Savia Prague is definitely not, you know, probably the fourth best team in the, in the group, right? So we should definitely on paper beat this team. But with our previous away performances. We can't take anything for granted. So we just have to be sound in our defense and just let our attacking talent take, and we should
2: be able to get the three points for this. Yeah. Well, you know, as is often the case with um, clubs from the, you know, Eastern European leagues, the, Mm -hmm. the, the Scandinavian leagues, you know, the slightly, the slightly less high profile, the lower profile leagues, let's call them. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Um You know, they'll they'll be crushing it in their domestic league. And then in the champions, they'll have a little bit of a of a tougher time uh in many cases. And that's very much what Slavia is up against right now. They're in the Czech first league, uh, which is now 13 matches into the season. And they've been on top of their domestic table since match day five. They have a great goal to uh, goals scored to goals conceded record of 25 goals scored to two conceded. In that Czech league, Um, but their Champions League campaign is not as great. Of course, it's a very different competition and there are only two matches in to to, you know, ultimately a six game uh, group stage. But their recent European performances have been overall kind of moving up. Uh, Just last year, they were in the Europa League, and they were knocked out in the quarterfinals by Chelsea. Year before that, they were in Europa League, and they didn't make it out of group stage. So year to year, they're overall, you know, trending up, which is nice for them. But it does seem reasonable to say that they are the fourth, fourth best team in a four group (laughs) in a four team group.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, they dominate their own league, which is, you know, because they probably have the most money of the team, of the teams in that league. But when it comes to Champions League, that's, you know, the, the talent is so... There's a huge disparity between the, between the two leagues, obviously. So, you know, on paper, uh, we should be able to win, get the three points. And like you said, they've been progressively getting better. And maybe it might be because they're dominating their league so much, they can just really ultra-focus on champions and European competition. And so they maybe just put more effort into that even better. So they're going to be a tough out, you know, for sure, because they're going to be up for it. They're playing again. When other lower tier teams play Barca, like that is a huge moment in their career. Right. And so they don't want to be humiliated and they want to put on a good showing so that they can talk to their friends about it or family (laughs) and all this type of, I mean, it's really, that's what it's about. Right. Yeah, And so, they're going to play at the best possible level that they're going to play, right? Yeah. Particularly
2: because so, they're going to be at home. They're going to want exactly. to, you know, make a good showing for their home crowd. Exactly. And that's
0: the thing, right? So, and, you know, combined with our previous road woes, uh, this could be interesting. And, you know, I definitely think in our last five matches, the way we've been trending, I definitely think we should win and be able to, to get away with this. But, but, Again, we just can't take anything for granted. We are in the group of death, so this is this is the thing, and we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what pans out with this one and also the other match that night as well.
2: Yeah, this group is a weird group, though, because they all drew on match day one. So starting with match day two, it was like match day one, and now there's only five matches remaining. So they're tied with Inter with one point right now. Meanwhile, Barca and Borussia Dortmund have four so it is st- still too early, you know, as you get near the end of this group stage, it'll all kind of probably uh, shake out the way that that you might predict it, probably with Barca at top or, you know, worst case scenario, second, hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe Brugia in second or Inter in second and then the other ones in third. And we all kind of assume that Slavia is going to wind up in fourth. But because of the way that – particularly because of the way match day one went – It might not shake out that way. I mean, I think it's probably between Slavia and Inter as far as who's in third and who's in fourth. Going forward in the tournament, that's not going to matter much, but it'll matter to the club.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, we talked about when there was the drawing about how the president was laughing when he got drawn into the Barcelona group. So it's a mixture of, you know, happy to be here and let's see what we can do. Yeah. You know, like, let's see, because like you said, they were in the Europa League and – You know, they still have a chance to create some havoc into the group, right? And, and create a little chaos. You know, I don't really know any of their players. You know, um, I, we have the notes here about the formation and so forth. I think it's more just always, especially when we're playing a lower tier team like this, it's just if, if we're going to be out of the gates to play for it. Obviously, I think they will because it is champions, champions is champions. And I think we'll have a good performance. But again, you never know, especially with. I don't know how many, you know, with their crowd, they're up for it. It's one night and they can pull out a victory out of nowhere.
2: I don't think you've ever said anything more true than (laughs) it's champions. Champions is champions.
0: Yes, champions (laughs) is champions. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Make a (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt.
2: Now, talking about the uh, Slavia manager, Jindrich Tripisovsky or Terpasovsky, maybe. Uh, He does prefer a 4-2-3-1 formation, which is exactly what they've been playing so far in every single game in their domestic league. But he did change it up slightly in their first Champions League match with Inter when they did a 4-3-1-2, and that was the match that they drew 1-1 with Milan. And then, of course, they lost their second match to Dortmund at home in Prague, 0-2, playing the 4-2-3-1. And as far as scoring and conceding, goes they've already conceded 3 goals in the Champions League which is one more as of the time we're recording this than they've conceded in the Czech League so it is proving to be a difficult and different experience for them as far as conceding and scoring in the Champions versus their home league and that's to be expected again with uh, with one of those sort of lower profile or you know uh, smaller leagues in a smaller country Slavia does have some scoring threats from their number nine, Peter Olayenka and from central midfielder, Josef Husbauer, And then their top assist provider, Petr Sevcik appears to be a second choice midfielder. He only played 90 minutes in Champions League so far, and that was against Borussia Dortmund. And then he was left off the squad for the intermatch. So they do have scoring threats and they do have this, uh, their top assist provider who doesn't seem to be getting uh, the first choice consideration. So uh, we don't know exactly where those, um, where the playmaking, where the the assists are going to be coming from, but they definitely have scoring threats.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you highlighted the two different formations and you got two different results, right? Yeah. So I would be worried if they played a four three one two because they have seven people in the back, and that's just going to create the same dynamic that we've seen where. We'll have 80% possession, but not doing anything with it, right? And if you're playing for the tie, that's the formation you want to use. When we get the starting lineups and we see the formation, it'll tell us, what the manager is thinking is he going to go for the win or is he going to go for the tie and if he's going to go play loose for the win then obviously he's going to use the 4-2-3-1 because like you said that is the formation they've been using all season and they're at home so they'll probably be more comfortable it's kind of playing a lockdown 4-4-2 style but 4-3-1-2 is definitely more defensive because again you just have seven people back there you have the bus, the
2: boat, and the plane behind there. <laughs> right, and the, you know that that Valverde is essentially going to line up a four three three, but it's a question of how that four three three approaches the game in terms of how they're going to try and handle. Because I think it's a fair assumption that Slavia is going to go with the four three one two. Yeah. Uh, in this game. Meanwhile, you know we're going to have a 4-3-3, but it's just a question of how does that 4-3-3 behave to deal with like I mean, if it, behaves like it,
0: yeah, if it behaves like it did against Ibar, we're up and down and
2: more direct, then
0: I think we'll be okay. But the problem is, is we played this typical possession style and we just go side to side and we don't really do anything, then it's just going to be a long, boring game. And maybe we'll get a goal. You know, we'll probably get a goal here or there because of the amount of chances in possession but i think ultimately to break the 4312 you just have to go through direct and hit shots from outside and just be varied you know and the way we played against ibar we were more varied than we have been all season and so then i think we'll have a good shot with that especially the way the three of those guys were linking up to and the ibar match griezmann suarez and messi
2: yeah and messi is you know still i wouldn't say he's still recovering from injury but it's more like because he had that that He missed a lot of the beginning of the season to his injury, his calf injury. Uh, he's still working into the season. Do you think that that he's going to give a fireworks performance in this match? Um, maybe not. I think this is
0: almost kind of the senior tour for him, you know, where he, he's going to have flashes, <laughs> walk a bunch, and just try not to get injured and just make some plays. Again, I think, you know, our talent is is far superior on paper. The way we played against Ibar and the way we've been trending – I think is a positive. And I think Dijon and Artur finding that mix in the midfield and just being more direct, I think is definitely helping us more because that's giving us a different wrinkle than we haven't really had in the past couple months.
2: Yeah. So looking at the Barca squad, you know, it is almost completely fit because uh, we've got Alba and Umtiti back now and PK had the international break and the Ibar match off to suspension. So he should be fresh Meanwhile, the fullback staff is at the moment suffering. Sergio Roberto had to leave the A-bar match with a knee injury, uh, which probably will keep him out of this game. And Junior Firpo also still injured. So Alba and Samedo will only have Musawage to back them up should something happen to one of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that we're becoming injury-free. Uh, I would love to see PK take a break in this match though. I think the Umtiti long lay pairing that we saw against Ibar was pretty good. I mean, especially since there's no Classico, just, I would just ride that pair one more game and just get Umtiti more minutes because I think this is a type of match where he's not going to be pressured so much. It's not a, you know, they do have some talent, but it's not like we're playing Inter or Borussia Dortmund. So I think it would be an interesting thing. I, you know, obviously I think Valverde is going to put PK, but, you know, just give PK. I would, if I were coaching, I would just give PK one more game off and just say, hey, just relax. We'll see you. We'll see you next week.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there is that little bit of a silver lining to the postponed Classico. It means that December is going to be even tighter than it was already going to be. But, uh, it gives them that extra week off now, which has its benefits. For
0: sure. And again, PK did not play in the international break. So he's been on break this whole time. But again, he's, he's a bit older. Just give him the break. I mean, to me, I, I liked what I saw with MTT and Longley in the Ibar match. Um, and so I would just ride that for this one match and then the following match reassess, put PK and Longley back as the starting center back duo. And just go forward with that. Again, like you said, the left and right back—we only have one sub there, so it's still kind of uh, you know touch and go there. But you know, hopefully, we can get through this week without any injuries to those to our back line.
2: Yeah, at least our ample midfield and forwards are are all fit now. I mean, even ahead of uh, of Ibar at last weekend, Carlos Perez was still listed as being injured on the sources that I was referencing, but then you know he was on the bench. And, uh, and Fati is available as well. And w- Dembele and Dembele will be back. So we have at, at least those lines, everyone is, is fit and good to go. For sure. I mean, I would love to see Dembele out there. You know,
0: you know how much I love watching him play. I don't know, you know, now it's starting to become a crowded team, you know, with everyone healthy again, it's, it's how do we find the playing time and really the formation dictates it. And again, I would love the four, two, three, one. I think we have more opportunities for more players in that formation. With Dembele, does he start? Does he come in as a sub? Who's he come in for? Does Suarez start, continue to start? I mean, these are all kind of interesting questions, especially against Praga where, yeah, it's a champions match. How serious do they take or how serious does Valverde take them with the subs and the lineup?
2: Does he go starting strongest eleven? I mean, there's a lot of questions. Well, keep in mind that Dembele missed the Ibar match through suspension, not through injury. When, yeah. Whenever Dembélé is not on the squad, I my my gut feeling is that he's injured, but in fact mm-hmm. he's fine. He's totally fit. So yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, everything's so I think fine. he'll. I think you will see him start. I think he gives us that speed that, and especially if
0: we're playing more direct, like we did against Ibar. Man, Dembélé and Griezmann up top, as with the speed, and the you Suarez and Messi behind them. I mean, I. I that's a dream come true.
2: Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, but here's so, the thing. You're not going to get your 4-2-3-1. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just, it's a dream is free. It you is. Know? It is.
0: <laughs> Dreaming's free. <laughs> you know how much I love champions. I think we should, I predict like a 2-0, 3-0 win. Um, I just think that we are playing so much better the last games compared to what we started in September. I mean, just September seems... Like two years ago, man. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? it has been it's, quite a change. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're going, you know, it's funny. It's just the, the perseverance of the team so far through September with the injuries and the criticism and the pressure and all that stuff to get through that. They are in the pack for La Liga and they are looking good in champions right now. So I'm just curious to, like I always say, I'm just curious to see what the lineup is because for me, that always dictates what Evie is thinking. Uh, especially in Champions League
2: right and on the other side of the same group Borussia Dortmund is going up against Inter Milan and and that's going to be at the San Siro I'd still I'd still pick Dortmund in that though
0: yeah I mean you
2: I we want Dortmund to win because that'll just create more
0: separation from the teams because if Inter loses then they they don't really have a chance to qualify from there mm. because they're at one point right now yeah right so if Dortmund wins and Barca wins, and that just creates more separation from the top two to the bottom two. Right, right.
2: Yeah. I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I'm, I'm scared to see Inter pass this Champions League because I think they're just going to continue to get better, uh, especially with their coach and their style. You know, for me, I would, I would like to just to not see them again in Champions League for sure. I mean, we're going to see them one more time in the San Siro, but I mean, after this group stage... I would prefer to see them in Europa.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Conte is uh, doing some very good work with them this year. They seem to be revivified as they (laughs) brought back to life, you know. They did. Yeah, resurrected, let's say. Yeah,
0: that's a good one. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So yeah, that's actually going to be a good game. But of course, my eyes are going to be on Barca-Slavia. Thanks to Max Bluer today. Varsa Talk is a production of Sounded Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson. Social media and promotion by Two Go. Let's get those three points in Prague now. Bis Gabarza. Sports
1: Social Podcast Network